0: Welcome to Invest Stories. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking for that next step or a newbie investor not sure where to start, Invest Stories unlocks the mindset, strategies, and techniques of high performers across business, real estate, and investing to help you level up your journey to financial freedom. This is Invest Stories
1: Tuesday Techniques. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's funny. I, I don't want to jump too far around this, but um, I was chatting to a, a relative of mine, um, my wife's nephew, and he's really interested in real estate. I told him to start going to meetups and meeting proper old school, proper investors and mm-hmm. maybe offering to do their social or whatever you can do. Right. And he's kind of he keeps stumbling over these online only Instagram only oh, uh, real estate. Gurus or projects, yeah. and so I've given him a list of questions
0: yeah, to good. ask
1: a potential real estate investment. and And the last one he he sent to me was a Airbnb arbitrage. Oh, and I guess there's like we we all learn, right? There's a critical thinking element to learning things and and applying a bit of cynicism or just critical thinking. My first red flag was they spelt Airbnb wrong on the front page <laughs> of the website.
0: Red flag, red
1: flag. Yeah, red flag right there. So I gave him. Do you want to hear the questions? I do. Okay. So this is. I gave him this list of questions. Said anyone you meet online, and I guess he had a Zoom with these guys. Anyone on anyone you meet online. These are the questions you should at least ask these. So first one. This is quite straightforward. What are the typical risks?
0: Hmm.
1: Right. Can, and and then you need to review how they ref, how they talk to those. If they say there's no risk. There's okay. no risk here. Yeah.
0: It's 100% guaranteed. Look at how good the market
1: is. <laughs> so arbitrage. So noting it was arbitrage. And basically, uh, I think everyone knows what Airbnb arbitrage is. But you you rent a place with a master lease. And also, um, you rent a place with a commercial lease, uh, like an apartment. And then you put it on Airbnb. Uh, you pay the owner the monthly lease. And you make the money, between the wedge between what it rents for an Airbnb and the lease payment and you take care of the property and you do all the management and maintenance. And the idea is you, you're going to have high footfall, but you're going to also look after the property because it's your business. And what they were doing was fundraising. Um, so um, they don't want to use any of their own money for it. So they're going to arbitrage. Um, so obviously, you know, pointing out the things like, well, that's great, but then there's no asset. You don't, yeah. you just own they're it. They're arbitraging
0: there. the arbitrage. So. Yeah. Yeah yeah
1: interesting very clever the next one is how is my money secured bearing in mind it's being used to pay rent so that was kind of interesting Mm
0: -hmm. uh
1: another another cynical point of mine is there was no one listed there was no personnel of the company it was completely faceless it's like can i meet other people within the company who are they who's the ceo who's the staff yeah how how big are you uh, next was more the kind of the day-to-day tactics of what they do. How many units do you manage? How many units do you personally invest in? Yeah. Or how much have you personally invested in the business? How many investors are you currently working with? Can I talk to one of them?
0: Absolutely. And that's, how that's, that's just, ma- that, that's just yeah. basic stuff right there. This is,
1: I think this is a good list. Yeah. Uh, how do you manage market downturns? Hmm. So when it, if Airbnb busts, uh, it has, which makes me think that's why they were raising. Right. Um, what are you going to do, right? So, and then I've I put finally. Um, oh, ask for a background. Do they invest themselves? What does that look like? What's their track record? All that good stuff. And then the final one is you could point out the spelling mistakes on their yeah. website, which there was numerous. And that's, that's I'm you know I'm a I'm a I'm a writing kind of guy. You know, I'm a content guy. So I. Yeah. I see that and ah, annoying. yeah, that's, especially when,
0: especially when it's, that's literally what you're doing is Airbnb arbitrage and you came and spelled Airbnb, right? That's just, yeah, that's just, or arbitrage. I think actually. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, and two don't most platforms auto correct for you. It's like, you got to really try to screw that up. I mean, that's, oh, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: So I, is there anything you'd add to that? What else do you think?
0: I like this list. I think anything, you know, I've got a list of property management questions that that I ask every property manager, and I think that they would all work in this situation. And you already hit on, you know, the vast majority of them, but like, what do you do when you run into problems? What if, you know, what if there are, you know, issues with police in your units? And what if somebody throws a party and destroys it? What's your backup plan with, you know, getting renovations done and your downtime? And, you know, all of that stuff. And, and it's different from long-term, which is what I do. I don't do any shorter or, or midterm stuff. Uh, so a lot of my questions are more specific to things like, you know, long-term management, um, like contract stuff, fees, all those types of things, which, you know, if you're, if your family member was looking at, um, you know, just giving money to these people so that they could operate their business and expecting a return, then I'm not sure that a lot of my questions would really apply to, to his situation so much
1: yeah i think where it where it stems from is he's 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 youngish you know he's he's 19 20 years old he's hungry to make money and he wants the fast track
0: um easy button
1: and it doesn't work it doesn't exist it's really it's really hard to explain uh, that these these gurus and people selling all this stuff on on instagram it's not it's not great. You know, I, I was reading an article the other day about the financial Instagram um, kind of movement and TikTok movement of financial influencers or finfluencers. Fin- mm. And it's nuts. It's just like they, they're, they're out there in the world
0: giving advice, financial advice, no qualification. Yeah. yeah buy my course. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it drives me nuts. And the thing, you know, one thing that I talk to a lot of people about is, first of all, mid or short term rental or midterm rental arbitrage, it's not investing. You're not investing anything at that point. If you're giving money as an investor, you're going to get a return. And when that money's back to you, now you have no assets still, you know, I'm talking about, you know, even investing in things like syndications, it's a good place to put your money because your money is earning a return, but there's not, there's, there's no real long-term aspect unless that specific setup says, Hey, we're going to have this for 10 years or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about things like fix and flips, wholesaling, uh, arbitrage, none of that is investing. It's, it's just a matter of especially fixing flips and wholesale. That's a job that you're not, mm-hmm. unless you're, unless you're doing bur the burr method, you're not selling at the end of it. You're not doing the actual flip, but you are doing the fix part. Uh, that's investing. But if you're going to be, if the intention is to buy something, fix it up and then sell it and make a profit, you don't really have an asset there. You, you've got a job. Um, and so I, I don't know, it's just kind of a, a side marker that, uh, we run into that kind of thing all the time, fix and, and I've got no issue because, you know, fix and flipping and wholesaling, will, it'll get you a really nice chunk of cash, which you can then use for long-term investing or midterm invest or whatever. Um, but it's just a matter of what are you doing with your money? Are you actually investing? When the market goes down and there's no houses selling, how does a, how does a wholesaler make money? How does a mm-hmm. flipper make money when interest rates go through the roof and they can't afford to refinance out of their deal and they lose the deal because they've got such high debt service? So uh, anyways, sorry. Soapbox. No, soapbox I, I,
1: I like it. I think this, we're in a strange time, right? We've got, we've still got high house prices yeah. and they haven't really come down, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, we've still got high rents because of that or as right. a, as an effect of that. Um, yeah. And all and- of us
0: that own long-term rentals are hoping that they stay up there. You know, recession is actually, or not recession, but inflation is is super helpful for things like rentals, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's, you're able to, you know, this is the time when a lot of people are raising all their rents to, to unprecedented prices. And But at some point, you know, we're kind of almost creating a little bubble for ourselves because when the recession comes and people lose their jobs and everybody starts cohabitating and moving out of places, now all of a sudden you're going to get more vacancy. And then when you get more vacancy, it brings down rent prices. And uh, then you're going to start seeing the, the deflationary. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying this happens every time. This just does happen. You get that deflationary period where, you know, some expenses will start coming down, but not as fast as the rents are coming down and not as fast as the vacancy is going up. So you got to find kind of that happy medium. I'm not trying to scare people because, I mean, honestly, this is the way I make my living. Uh, but there there has to be that, that happy place where you're not over leveraged and you're not overexposed and you got long term debt. And you've done everything you can to set yourself up for long-term success as opposed to just living off a of bridge financing or hard money when you're doing fix and flips. You know, those types mm-hmm. of things can get you into a lot of trouble really fast, especially in this kind of market.
1: Well, I think there's another shoe to drop, right? Which is that it's the it's the the debt, uh, bubble's a strong word, but the kind of the, the choke of debt in commercial yeah. and in non-fixed. And I think what a lot of people are doing now, currently buying houses on an arm, so a variable rate um after what three or four years i think we're going to see that again down the line if they struggle to refi onto lower interest rates there may be another another balloon to pop um later on no so what i was explaining to to uh, my wife's nephew was that cool we've had a really slow summer up in big bear and if you want to rent a big bear Airbnb, let me know uh, link in the show notes. Uh, um, we'll get you, a, we'll cut you a good deal. Show, show discount. Um, but we've had that slowdown. So we still, you know, we, we had a really good start to the year. We had a really good winter. Um, so it's not been too bad, but every time we make a payment, it's a mortgage payment, not a rental payment. So we're paying yeah. down a loan rather than paying someone else's loan. Uh, right. if that makes sense. So it's, it's been really interesting. The other thing I, I think now is, um, owning owning big bear is we got a really good interest rate how is there more value in the debt than the house that's kind of an interesting question
0: yeah i i don't think there's more value but there's there's an incredible amount of that you know yeah exactly (laughs) It, it not just i'd say way more than a bit i love good debt and what i consider good debt probably the same as everybody is low interest and long term, you know, whether that's a bank debt or, or a private note or anything along those lines. So yeah, I, if you've got good debt on it and you can swing that sort of thing during the long down times, then I mean, that's, that's a, that's a fantastic investment. I'm not sitting here making crystal ball predictions or anything. I have no idea. Yeah, no, yeah, no, thanks. Um, But if you look at the history of real estate, yes, we have long, we can, we can have really long down periods and they suck. They can become really trying for investors. They typically come back, you know, even the great recession. Yeah. It took a lot of years. It was almost 10 years before median prices ended up equalizing with what they were prior to the recession. Um, But they did come back and then they blew way past those limits because, you know, we had been in such a depressed market for such a long time. So everything was just kind of bottled up. And and then we had the last what three years since COVID, three plus years since COVID, where everything just went gangbusters and kind of created a little bit of a bubble. So Mm -hmm. this can actually I like to look at this from the standpoint that this can be really healthy for the, the real estate market. Like you said, there's just not a lot of demand that's going down. The demand is still there. We're still getting multiple offers, but the listings are way down. So not very mm-hmm. many people are selling, but there's still just as many buyers. And so they're still clamoring over these few listings that are out there. What what can make you a little bit nervous is when there's not multiple offers and there's still a low inventory. That's when things mm-hmm. start, start getting a little bit scary, I guess, uh, to a degree. But just remember that this is a natural market cycle and and uh, we go, th- we're supposed to go, excuse me, <clears throat> we're supposed to go through this, what once every six to eight years and we skipped one, you know, we had some small ones, just some small flash crashes and small recessions that happened between 08 and now uh, like 2016 and a 2016 in December. I know that we, we kind of hit something like that that lasted three or four months. So, I mean, it was really short, but uh, we've been in a down market much longer than that. Now this, this needed to happen. And mm-hmm. uh, although it sucks and everybody's like, I'm not making money or I'm losing money, it is it's a it's a thing. And we we deal with it so that we can come out on the other side and make money again or continue. If, if you're a really resourceful investor, you can make money in every market. There's lots of ways to do it. Lots of assumption deals right now with low interest, FHA and VA loans. And yes, if you are a veteran, you're not a veteran, you can still assume a VA loan. Um, so be looking for things like even your neighbor's house. There was one next door to me that went into foreclosure on uh, an FHA. And I, I tried for the longest time to just assume this. She didn't want to do a sub two. She didn't want to, she had no equity because she bought the house a year ago and never made a payment and uh, ended up just moving out. And I ended, I happened to get a hold of her and said, Hey, you know, I'd really like to, to take over this house. Can you, would you be willing to do some, quarter, some sort of creative financing, like a sub two deal? And she said, no, even if I paid her, she still said, no. I said, well, will you let me assume it? Because it's in pre foreclosure now, and she's like, "If you want to do that and you want to go through the bank process, you go right ahead." And of course, the bank never replied to me. I tried for like months, and then it went up for auction. So, uh, but those Wait, kinds I was,
1: of- I was looking at a house the other day, and they're in pre foreclosure.
0: What's that process look like? Most banks that hold these notes are going to have some sort of an assumptions department if it's an assumable loan. So, like conventional financing, no, you're looking for for assumable FHA VA type loans. Um, if they're in a pre-foreclosure, they've probably got some sort of back payments that are due the bank. Mm -hmm. And so it'll go to auction and they'll set a a minimum price. And then, you know, if it, if somebody bids on the market right now, which is weird, right? With a realtor. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't foreclosed yet. So it it could be subject to a short sale um, where the bank would be willing to take a lesser amount. You just have to write the purchase and sale agreement. The seller has to sign it. And then it goes to the bank for approval or disapproval. They could still say no. So, um, if it's an assumable loan, I like that route just because if it does close, if you buy it traditionally and you have to go get new debt on it, then you're going to have an interest rate of around seven and a half percent, you know, which is just not as good. So the assumable loans are are super nice to have right now um, or a subject two, which is virtually impossible to do if it's on market. Uh, it's just, you know, cause you know, realtors want to get paid and um, it's kind of a difficult thing. A lot of people try to do sub twos without any money out of their pocket whatsoever. Um, not always. And just, you know, a lot of them, that's kind of the dream. So anyways, yeah, what, well, what I was saying is, is you approach yeah. the bank that holds the note and ask them if you can get in touch with their assumptions department and okay. have, you got to have the loan number. You can get that from the, the owner and, uh, then they'll look it over and be like, okay, yeah, this is assumable. If you want to start, here's all the paperwork and assumptions take a while. They're not fast. So if you can get the bank to you know kind of a stay of execution as far as the foreclosure goes, then you can mm-hmm. probably get them to wait long enough for the assumption process to finish out. You get a good good asset with a really nice, cheap interest rate and a long-term debt. Love that. I'm going to get on the phone after this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's
1: cool. Well, speaking – and that's a house for, for the family. So speaking of houses – The only other thing on my list, Kyle, is you're building a house. Well, you're not physically building a house. You're having a house.
0: Someone's building a house for you. Yeah, 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 we are building it. Well, yeah, our contractors are building a house and uh, we're moving right along. We've got, you know, walls and and roof are up. Uh, The inside is still just bare bones, but we are starting the exterior, trying to finish up, starting the finishing touches of the exterior, which is, you know, siding and paint. And Very we're cool. hoping for move in around Christmas time. I wow, really that's a hell of a Christmas present. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to finish it ourselves just because we, uh, my wife and I, when I say ourselves, I mean us. Um, there, there's just certain things that I want to be able to do and I'm kind of a hands-on person. So I'd like to kind of get in there and get my hands dirty and, and be able to tell my kids that I helped build this house. <laughs> Even if it is just most of the finished this work. and interior. Here. Yeah. This yeah. Is See the that one right I... there? Yeah. Drove that in all by myself. So amazing. Yeah. we're really excited about it. It's, it's a cool house. And, and I told my wife when I sold our family home out from under us so many years ago that, you know, that long story. But when I sold that house, I told her, I said, give me two years and I will build you your dream house. Two years. And well, that was That was four years ago now, so I'm already a liar. But uh, we did own the property. You still did it, yeah. I got the property on time. I just didn't have the house, you know, which is important. So uh, now we have the house, so we're ready. So, and you, so what's the biggest kind of tip for anyone looking to build their own house? Um, They're expensive. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Nobody told me that houses were so damn expensive. But man, these things are expensive, especially these days. But uh, just budget the crap out of this thing. Always put your 10% overage in there with it. Um, this particular house, we we wanted to get to the point where we didn't have debt. So we, we saved up money for a long time and made some real estate investments. And um, we were able to save up enough money to where we could take that giant burden of debt off our shoulders while we're building. And we will put debt on later uh, because mm-hmm. your return on equity is zero and we would like to do some more investing. So for now, we're building the house at our own pace with our own money. And um, I know not everybody can do that. I I totally understand. Uh, Just make sure whatever you're doing, it's the longest term debt that you can possibly get. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is your personal house. You want to take as much risk out of this as you possibly can so you can secure your lifestyle. Because if your personal life isn't secure, what does it do to your business life? Everything's secure and vice versa. If your business life isn't secure, your personal life goes to hell as well. So Um, just do everything you can to do it as cheaply as possible, but not sacrifice quality, which usually ends up meaning you got to put in some work yourself. And, and I'm okay with that. Uh, We, we want this to be, you know, as, as, as sustainable and manageable for as long as possible. That's cool. And you have a PM project manager? Uh, not on this. No, no, we're, I'm, I'm the general contractor on this. So I'm just hiring all the subs, like the framer, electrician, plumber, all that type of stuff. Wow. Um, we, we do hire project managers for like our long-term uh, or sorry, long distance renovations. So like we we had an 18 unit apartment complex that was a full renovation. And because that was 2,300 miles away from where we live, uh, it's kind of hard to have eyes on that. So we hired a project manager for that. And uh, that person was super, super valuable. How, how do you choose the right PM? So interestingly enough, um, our our project manager ended up being the same company as our uh, property manager so we purchased this property this 18 units 100 percent occupied and we knew that it required significant updates uh, to the tune of right around five hundred thousand dollars of just interior stuff that didn't count the exterior stuff so we knew that this was going to be so large that uh, we needed to have eyes on on a weekly basis and you know being all the way over here on the west coast we didn't have that option so we started looking at, around for a project manager, and uh, we did a lot of a lot of uh, due diligence. Excuse me, did a lot of due diligence trying to find the you know different um, experiences from other other investors, other companies who have used these uh, these services. And, and we came up with, and just so happened to be the person that kept getting recommended was the one we already hired as our property manager. And so we lucked out on that. Um, mm-hmm. But for everybody else, there are listings out there, uh, just business listings. If you want to look up property manager memphis tennessee i don't know wherever Um, you will find a lot of businesses that'll do this kind of stuff for you and they typically um, will charge a you know x amount of dollars everybody does their their charging structure different Uh, this particular person uh, we were already paying nine percent management and so we ended up paying her an extra five percent of our gross monthly income on these properties as compensation for being our project manager money well spent. It was very expensive, but money very well spent. And mm-hmm. she was there every week taking pictures. She was the liaison between us and the contractor. So I didn't have to yell at him if he did something wrong. And, uh, she did the yelling for me. It was wonderful. It's just kind of the same way as it works between me and a tenant. You know, she's the one that, that takes care of, makes all those decisions and, and the hard calls. So it was wonderful. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's, it's
1: either luck or you just hired a really good, uh, property manager in the first place so probably a little bit of both the pm yeah should sync with that so that's kind of cool
0: yeah uh, probably a little bit of both i would say amazing and, and we still have them as our property manager and this is three years later and they're they're wonderful i mean easily the not maybe number either number one or number two most important second to the cpa uh, for our business that that really makes things work seamlessly
1: well there you go kyle i didn't have anything else today this is a random episode.
0: That's okay. I like random I like episodes. It. Yeah, coming I back, it. coming back from a long break is is uh, we got lots of stuff to talk about. So yeah, maybe it's... maybe people actually like to listen to us. You know, ramble on about random stuff and uh, let us know if you do. We can do more of these things, or we can bring on a third person if you don't like listening to our voices anymore. Yeah, we can talk crap with them too.
1: Well, I wanted to say, listening wise, we've had a huge audience spike. So I really appreciate right. every single person listening and every single person that's made it to this part of the podcast.
0: So thank you. Um, was that spiked do- because I was gone? Is that- <laughs> it did go <laughs> up when you left, actually. <laughs> I, dang
1: it. I knew it. I don't think it's related. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, but I did get horrible emails just because I was on it alone. So I, oh, yeah, gotcha. I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, but um, if, you, if you have listened to this, if you've enjoyed it, if you can support us and you don't need to you can send us money but you don't need to send us money <laughs> what you can do is is share this with a friend or a family member or someone you, even you don't like why not <laughs> right um but equally um if you could write us a, a review on whatever platform you're listening to and if you're checking out our youtube video uh there's a link in the uh in the show notes if you're if you're listening to this but if you're watching on youtube uh we're really close to the magic numbers to monetize i know advertising uh but it will help the show grow and get better guests and bigger guests so we really would appreciate a, a like and a subscribe and a share and just kind of engagement and feel free to engage with us uh, if you write a comment on our instagram page or on youtube we will read it and we can respond to it. We're, we're not that big yet. So we're, we're, we're pretty accessible. (laughs) Uh, So if you have questions or topics or you have suggestions for guests, we would love to hear them because uh, yeah, we, we love doing this show and we love doing it for the people that listen and we hope we add value every time. Absolutely. Cool. And with that, we'll be back next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Invest Stories. Please consider sharing and writing a five-star review. Check out the full show on Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.